Welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast, a show brought to you by PureFlix.com. PureFlix.com, the faith, family, and fun video streaming service. Get ready for uplifting news, scripture, movie reviews, and interviews with some of your favorite actors, authors, and pastors. Let's get started. Hey, and welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast. Today's show has two very different interviews for you to listen to. The first is with David Curry. He's the CEO of Open Doors USA. If you're not familiar with Open Doors, you can check out their website. It's opendoorsusa.org. But they are an organization that monitors Christian persecution across the world. And really, this is a fascinating nonprofit. They have something they put out called the World Watch List, and it ranks the most dangerous countries in the world to be a Christian. What happens to Christians? You know, here in America, we talk about persecution, and it's a very different type of persecution than what we see happening in other countries where your life is literally on the line for being a Christian, for embracing Christ. And so David's going to talk with us today a little bit about what is going on in Nigeria and where in the world it is actually the dangerous place to be a Christian. So we're going to welcome David to the show right now. Hey, David, how's it going today? Uh, it's going very well. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for coming on. I wanted to talk with you. I've obviously interviewed you many times in the past. Your organization, Open Doors USA, uh, is phenomenal, and the work that you guys do in tracking and helping when it comes to persecution is just phenomenal. Uh, but I want to talk to you about a specific situation um, in Nigeria where there are, I believe, 91 million Christians. And just can you tell us a little bit about what the situation is right now for Christians in Nigeria? Absolutely. You're right. There's a lot of Christians in Nigeria, but unfortunately, the country's divided geographically. In the north, you have some states which are largely Sharia law states and run by extremist Islamic tribes or, or groups or politicians. And then in the south, you have a lot of, uh, you know, what we would think of as Nigeria big cities with large Christians, uh, numbers of Christians in it. So it's really in the north of Nigeria that there's this significant rise in persecution over the last seven or eight years, and now that's even coming to an even higher peak than we've seen before. We've had a, a significant attack basically every two weeks. You've got on average about 10 Christians a day being killed for their faith, not dying of heart attacks or in some other conflict, but just because they're Christians. And that's because you have these Islamic terrorist groups, which have safe haven there in the north. The government has done little or nothing to to root them out, and they're attacking communities where Christians are gathered together. They often will live in the same uh, towns and villages for family reasons, for community reasons. That unfortunately also makes them an easy target for groups like Boko Haram, which is an ISIS-affiliated group, or the Fulani, which is a tribal group. But it's, it's run by Islamic ideology equally as, as uh, Boko Haram. So you've got a, a bunch of factors, but it makes the north of Nigeria one of the most violent places for Christians. Um, and just expanding a little bit on some of a recent events, what are some of the specific things recently that have happened there? Well, May 18th, uh, you had a choir practicing in a church and some Islamic extremist groups, we believe Boko Haram, came in and kidnapped 
17 members of the choir. They're still being held hostage. We may see them return. We don't know if, who's alive and who's not. What typically has happened in the North is that the women are either forced into marriage to a jihadist. That seems like a, another world to us here in the West that that can happen. But again, under Sharia law, there's often nothing that anyone can do to, to get that, those uh, females back. Or they're sold back for ransom to raise money for their terrorist activities. That sometimes happens. Or they're killed. So there's there's a number of things that could happen. None of them are, are very good at this point. So 17 people on May 18th were kidnapped. That's the kind of thing that happens all too often in the north of Nigeria. You know, it's and as we're talking about this, I just can't help but think about our life in America. And I think I've talked to you about this in the past. But, you know, we talk about persecution here um, and the things that happen here. And it's very different from what we're talking about in Nigeria and other places. I mean, this is an unimaginable situation where simply believing in Christ and being a Christian means not only abuse and torture, but quite possibly that your life will end. Yeah, it's a different world. What what it can do for us, though, is really inform us. We can learn a lot from people who live in these kinds of environments because they're counting a cost that we we haven't factored into our faith walk. Uh, and as such, they treasure Scripture more. I think they treasure the ability to worship together in church more because it's it's a it's a dangerous thing to do, and they value just hey, be able to get together and talk about Jesus, sing, and uh, safety. And uh, let your kids go to church and learn these kinds of things that we just are so devalued now. We don't even practice them in some in some ways. Uh, that is, you know, we we can learn a lot from them in that way. You know, we're we're almost sort of yeah. I mean, it's it's easy to get desensitized, and and you look at. And what I mean by that is in taking it for granted, you know, the freedom that we have. And there are a lot of people who say, looking at America getting more secular, that it does force a more, a purer faith, you know, when it's a little harder to be a Christian, when it's easy to be a Christian. Well, everyone says they're a Christian, but you look at an example like Nigeria, though, and other places like it, and it would seem that being a, I mean, being a Christian is, you're going to value that, I would assume, so much more because it's life or death for you. It's it's a deeper. There's not. There's there's so much risk here. There's not a lot of risk. Yeah, there's you know elements here or there, but not that kind of risk. And so that that just speaks volumes. And it's such a heroic thing. It's amazing to see people hold on to their faith in light of the examples that you just gave. You know, clinging to their yeah. faith still. Absolutely. Well, they're counting the cost of their faith, and and uh, living it in such a great way. It's it's inspiring. But I think what's happened is their life is stripped down to the basic. Like, what's most important? If you, and, and when it comes right down to it, your spiritual life, that the peace that you get from from the scripture, the the wisdom that helps you to live every day, even in these really hard circumstances, especially in these really hard circumstances, I think is is really critical. And so that's why you can find these folks who are held captive for a long period of time. We see this regularly. They're in prison for their faith. And their faith walk grows, despite the fact that they've been stripped stripped of every every comfort. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. I think a lot of people in America, you know, we're not living in that environment, so we're not maybe thinking and we're not hearing in the news maybe what's going on in countries um, like Nigeria. But 
when there are a lot of people who assume, okay, ISIS has been defeated, right? There's no, there's not a big threat. ISIS has been, you know, knocked down. We don't have to worry about it. How would you respond to that? You know, what should people know about where ISIS stands, and in particular, how Nigeria might factor into that? Right. Well, yeah, ISIS does not need a capital to 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 bring about their the spread of their ideology. That's what need, people need to understand. So they owned a caliphate. They conquered territory in Iraq and Syria. They've lost that territory. That's a good thing. But the ideology, it spreads, it, and it takes a different form. It has sometimes a different name. Different groups adopt, uh, adopt the ideology, and they move on. And ISIS, as soon as they began to realize they captured the money they were going to capture in the territory they were not going to be able to hold, they started training bomb makers in, in northern Nigeria, sharing their technology, seeding money. To, to try to capture either territory or or hearts and minds in, in the north of Nigeria. So it's possible that Boko Haram, you know, basically an ISIS type group associated with them, but it could grab territory in the north. Certainly the government in Nigeria has shown themselves to be very ineffectual fighting them, either through will or through just corruption and, and ignorance. They haven't been able to push them back. And it's not on, you know, it's not just within the Nigerian borders. They could run over into Cameroon and other areas in the Niger. So it it could be a larger caliphate. Um, we don't, we haven't seen that yet. But ISIS doesn't need a capital. They they've they're spreading terror. They're propagating their ideas, and that's still a threat. Yeah, and and so I think it's important for people to know that. And the other question I know some people probably have listening to this is, you know, Open Doors, you guys track, I mean, you're the best out of any organization that I've seen, what it's like to be a Christian in different countries around the world. And when it comes to persecution, how do you guys step in to help the persecuted? Just take us through a little bit of the work you do for those who don't know. Well, first and foremost, our heart is to stand with them, to be present every place where there's persecution, and then to help them by simply asking, what do you need to survive and then to thrive in this environment? So we we don't try to tell them how to do church, to, to do it our way, or to even adopt some of our specific little theologies that we can argue about all day long here in the States. <laughs> what we say is, what do you need to honor Jesus where you're at to be salt and light? And then we go try to help provide that. And really, it's not open doors. We're the hands and the feet, but it's people like your listeners who are passionate about their faith, and they want to help their their brothers and sisters in these areas. So we step in and do that. And the research comes sort of secondarily to that. We have to look around and go, where are the toughest places to serve Jesus, and how is it difficult in these regions? So we started a research unit, you know, not quite 30 years ago, but now is, as you say, the, the foremost leader in, in understanding the data and, and the incidents of persecution. But that was really born out of our desire to say, where can we be most effective? Yeah, and and I mean, really, one of the things I've found most eye-opening is looking at your report each year, seeing these examples. I mean, you, we, we're talking about Nigeria, but across the world of what it's like, and it just it does make you value the freedom that we have here in this country so much in seeing what it's like. Um, what what is the most dangerous country in the world to be a Christian today? 
Well, we rank North Korea at the top of the world watch list because of it has all the factors you need to 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 be a horrible place to be a Christian. You have the government controlling the borders, controlling the police, controlling uh, society. Um, so North Korea is definitely at the top of the list. But Nigeria, when we talk about Nigeria, it's number 12 on the world watch list, but more believers that we can count anyway are killed for their faith in Nigeria than almost anywhere else. Even when ISIS was at its peak, there were more believers being killed in Nigeria because of the violence. You have a young population easily radicalized in, in the north of Nigeria, and you have corruption in the government, which breeds the discontent. You have this radical ideology which is out there. So you've got this toxic mixture. So there's definitely a, a ton of violence in in uh, the north of Nigeria. Yeah, and, and so that's interesting, too, and in, in just understanding each country. And you guys do a great job of you know sharing the profile of the country, explaining the elements within so that people can really educate themselves on what is going on um, in each of these countries. So the last thing I'm going to ask you is just, you know, where can people go if they're interested in, in maybe getting involved in Open Doors and accessing the information and maybe even um, contributing to you guys? You bet. It's opendoorsusa.org. And here's... Here's how we like to approach it. We want to make this go beyond the numbers so that you can understand the people, the stories. We have videos and, and, and stories of people who are living it, and you can learn from their faith. You could be inspired for them, uh, by them, and you can also step up and pray for them. At a ground level, we have an app that's just all about prayer. Pray for the persecuted on every on Apple and Google and all the different platforms. And projects that you can support if you fall in love with helping the people of Nigeria, their communities cut off from food, Christian communities, we're going to help feed them. We have pastors that we're going to train, trauma counseling for some of these folks, like I mentioned before, whose families have been snatched from them in a choir practice. We're going to be there, help them, care for them. So there are these kinds of things which your listeners can be part of, opendoorsusa.org. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on today. We'll have to have you back soon to talk more about these issues. They're important issues. We don't often get a chance, I think, many Americans to hear about them. And so thank you for sharing your knowledge and insight with us. Thank you, Billy. We'll be right back with more of the Pure Flix podcast. Did you know you can access thousands of entertaining and inspiring faith and family-friendly TV shows, movies, and original series? It's simple. Just log on to pureflix.com right now to start your free one-month trial. From kids' content to some of the most uplifting films, we've got your entire family covered. Sign up today. And we're back with more of the Pure Flix podcast. And we're back. I just want to take a moment before we go into our second interview to just reflect on what David Curry told us. You know, hearing what it's like to be a Christian in places like North Korea, in Nigeria, it really opens our eyes, I think, to, to look at, A, what we have in this country, the ability in America to believe and say what it is we want to believe and say, and to embrace our faith, and to do that in an open way without being afraid. You know, we can go to church on a Sunday. We don't have to be afraid of entering into a church building. We can 
be Christians. In fact, it's it's relatively compared to what's going on in these other countries, easy to be a Christian here. And I just think we have to we have to revere and respect the ability that we have here to be believers and to embrace Christ and love Christ openly. And we also, I think, as a second thought, we really need to be praying, and maybe this is really the first thought, for these people to be praying for the situations in these countries. You can go to opendoorsusa.org to see the full country reports, but be praying for North Korea, be praying for heart change in the leadership in these countries, be praying for heart change among the people who are causing some of these problems and attacks in these countries, and be praying for those who are facing it, our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are who are in these countries where these situations are going on. Now, I want to transition to our second interview, and it's with David A.R. White. He's the founder, the co-founder of PureFlix. He is a writer, an actor, a producer. He has made so much wonderful content in the faith and family-friendly space. And what I love about David's story is how he ended up in Hollywood, right? You look at his backstory, and I don't want to spoil it. I want you to hear it from him. And you think, how did this guy end up in Hollywood, right? It's the most unlikely story, and yet here he is creating this content. And this interview also aired on Pure Talk, which is our talk show. You can watch that, actually, over at Facebook on facebook.com slash PureFlix. But we wanted to share this interview here on the podcast as well because it's powerful. I think it really teaches us a powerful lesson about what God is doing in our lives. And as you listen to David's story, be thinking, how is God calling you? How has he called you? How does he want to call you into the place he wants you in your life? So let's play our interview with David A.R. White. Well, let's start, let's start by talking about Malibu. Malibu, Malibu Dan. Dan. Yes. Yeah. So for those who don't know about the show, right, who are tuning in, what can you tell us about this show? Uh, I love the show. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> no, I, you know why? It's because I, um, I, I watched the Dick Van Dyke show back in the day, and, and then I also watched this news show, and, uh, and I, I love the idea of throwing the two together. You know, Dick Van Dyke would always go to, uh, to his, I think it was a, he was a, he was a writer, and he would go to work, and then he would come home, and he had the family, and then I also had this other show that I liked that would take place in the, you know, in the television studio, and all the chaos that ensues from there. And so I just like the idea of putting those together. And hence Malibu Dan, the family man, came out of it. And it's a comedy, right? And so... It is a comedy, but with a lot of heart. Which is good. You don't get that a lot. And you also don't get that mix. It's funny you're saying that, because I was just saying the other night to my wife, she was watching a a sitcom, and I'm like, this show does not... It's just like the people's lives in their house. Like, what do they work? Do they make money? Like, (laughs) so you you I'm a talk show host. Right, right. so in your show, you've got... Of a show that nobody watches. You've got that family. You've Uh, got the... You've got the, you know, the work-life balance, right? I'm like, these characters are not relatable because they're not working. And here, like, we're all working. And I want to see, like, what is their life like outside of their house, right? Yeah. And in their house, too. So, so it's got, like, that mixed dynamic, right? It, it does. Yeah, which is, you know, which is fun. And then, of course, I have a lot of, uh, you know, I've known a lot of these people for a lot of years uh, that are in the show. And we've learned how to write to their strengths, to their, you know, because everybody has their own funny. Exactly. And so it's a matter of taking that and going, okay, that person's funny because of this. Let's, let's just accent that. And I think, you know, the connection comes out more and the jokes come out because it's, it's, a, it's a lot of true life. And it's friendship, scenarios. too, like working with your yes. friends. There's something, and you've done a lot of that, and you're having a chance to work with people you know. How yeah. does that help the process? 
Well, when I was 19 years old, I got on a show called Evening Shade with Burt Reynolds. And I remember sitting at, the, at the, the table read. We would table read on Tuesdays. We'd shoot the live show on Fridays. If you've never saw the sitcom, it's an amazing, you know, it was an amazing show for like four and a half years. It was in the top 10 CBS show. And we'll, we were up against Will Smith in, in, uh, in uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So it was always a war. Did Evening Shade win? Sometimes we would win <laughs> first that week, and then, you know, and then that darn Will Smith with the Fresh Prince would win. But then the thing that I walked away with as a kid is because my pa dad was a pastor, and I moved around a lot. And Which I, I want to talk about, because okay. I love your background. But continue, okay. continue. No, I just, I just love the idea of working with friends and people that you had a relationship with, because that's what Bert did. He, I would look around this show, and, and, and I didn't know... Hal Holbrook, Ozzy Davis, Ruby Dee, Elizabeth Ashley, Charles Durning, you know, then he'd have these guest spots on like uh, Dom DeLuise, John Ritter, you know, Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, like legends, all of them were legends. Kenny Rogers, like Terry Bradshaw was on. Like they were all just Man. legends. And I was a kid from, as a Mennonite, right, who didn't watch a lot of television growing up. So I didn't know them, but I knew that he had these relationships for 20, 30 years in all different arenas of his life. And I said, that's what I want. I want that. Lord, I really would love to, to work with my friends in the future and, and create almost a second family. And so, you know, my family is very small. My parents passed early. I, you know, um, I have a sister uh, and my brother I, I don't see very often. And so, but that's it. That's our, that's our whole nucleus, really. Yeah. And so this is my family in a lot of ways. It's really interesting, too, and like I said, I love your background because coming from this Mennonite, and I remember, you've told me this before, but you only saw one movie by the time you turned 18 in a theater, right? Yeah. You saw one movie. Yeah. Now, why is that? Huh. Well, because my parents didn't believe in movies. I grew up Mennonite. Mennonites right, don't right. see movies. You know? Which is just crazy because you co-founded Pure Flix and we're sitting here talking about a show <laughs> that you're on a poster for. And, right, so, like... It's just crazy that the way that God goes into people's lives and, and just like yeah. brings you somewhere, right? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think, you know, each one of us have that, those dreams, those desires inside of our heart. And, and I was sitting on a tractor in, in high school and I couldn't shake this thing about going into the entertainment industry. I love story. I love telling stories. I love connecting people. And I also love performing, even though I was a Mennonite who hadn't performed in anything. Right, that's what's that's so crazy you know? about it. But like something can be put in your heart, and you've written on this, you've written a book, you know, but something yeah. can be put in your heart that you don't even realize what it is, and you're taking these steps towards it, right? Yep. And so you go out to Hollywood. Now, at what point do you start to realize, you know, okay, I wanna do, I wanna do faith, family-friendly, I wanna kinda move into this direction? Um, I think, I always had a heart for the, for the faith-based world. You know, growing up, the joke was that the film, you know, the films would, Sunday nights were our movie nights, maybe like once every six months. Kind of looked forward to those, except for the fact that the projector would always eat the film, or the sound <laughs> wouldn't work, and you would never actually finish the film. But this is like pre-YouTube, obviously. This is like in the 80s, you know? This is like when, I'm trying not you know, to date you here. I'm giving you a I do appreciate that. Yeah, it's 2004. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, you know, and, but I had a heart for the Christian film industry, and when I came out here, I was on hiatus from, from Evening Shade, and Rich Cristiano, who is here, actually, and I've seen, you know, seen him for two days in a row, which is, I haven't seen the guy in years, and, uh, and he gave, really, Kevin Downs and I our starts in the Christian movie. He encouraged us to produce, and, and so we were acting in his movies, a little movie called Second Glance. And out of that, 
I just wanted to to be in the Christian films because I love I love the Lord, I love the message. You know, I did have a problem with where they were at the time on quality. Um, you come from a hit show like Evening Shade, you know, that's winning Emmys and everything else, and then going to do Second Glance on your summer um, wasn't an easy necessarily. And you're like, huh, this is this is. This is a lot different than right. than right. on the this soundstage in Burbank, right? exactly. you know. Right. Um, but but God works that way, and and I think I think the biggest thing is that no matter where you are, just accept it and embrace it and move forward toward that dream. That doesn't matter, and you will, and God will lead you through you know different areas, and and some will be super highs, and some aren't. You know, um, we did a lot of things that. On our first movie that we produced, the moment after, you know, we were cooking pancakes in the morning, you know, and then moving grip gear, and then being the actor, and then you, you know, everything. and then we were tearing it all down and trying to get four hours of sleep before we had to move to the next location the next morning. But that's okay because ultimately the Lord loves just a serving heart. Um, and that's what you did. I mean, you built, you built, co-founded PureFlix, yeah. built it up, and. You know, what was the impetus behind that? Like, what was the spark that made you say, like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build this studio. Yeah, it's just, a, again, it was just a passion for faith-based movies. And I, it's not like I wanted to, I was like, hey, we're going to make this genre, you know, better because I'm, I'm coming into it. No, it was more just, hey, we're going to expand this genre so more people can hopefully see films that uplift and inspire their spirit in the process. And by me just making one movie, you know, that's nice and I can do a good movie, but I wanted to, we really wanted to partner with other producers and encourage them to go do the same thing so that, so, you know, the, that prayer that, Lord, expand my territory for your kingdom. I think that's what PureFlix is all about. That's the heart of it is that is, could, we can't do it in and of ourselves. I mean, you watch right, pureflix.com, right. there's 10,000 titles on there. You know, very few number that we have done, but... There's so many wonderful, beautiful Christian producers out there that have put their, wherever they're at, some of them aren't high, you know, uh, you, you, you know, the naysayers can look at it and go, oh, well, that quality isn't very good. But the, if the heart is there and the message is there at the center of it, it encourages people. And you don't have, and I love Pure Flix because I, I, I want my kids to not watch YouTube. I don't right, want exactly. them watching Netflix. Exactly. Some of the shows that are the primetime shows that are kids' shows, yeah, there's, there were. There's, you can't just like let your kid go on the iPad there's, there's, and like, yeah, yeah it's not yeah, the yeah. same as it was when no. we were growing up. Even five years ago, it's not the same as no, it was. No, it's changed. The language is there. I mean, it's like way too early to be getting all of this stuff. They're getting way enough of it early. in the world. Way too early. And it's, well, I mean, yeah, it's some of it's intentional probably too to be inserting things in kids' yeah. shows. But you know, knowing that there's a safe place at PureFlix, and it's in, for me, that's what drew me out of like journalism to come because I love storytelling. It's like I want to be involved in storytelling and the fact that purefix.com is moving into all these interesting directions of TV content, right? And yeah. series like Malibu Dan, the sky's the limit, I think. And it's interesting too for a studio to adapt to that, right? Making movies, doing TV, like doing all of these things in a digital platform, you know. You know, I mean, I think I always people I think the more and more that Pureflix keeps growing, um, I say this with, with it's just it's interesting to me is because less and less people know that we were the founding members of Pureflix, the founders of Pureflix, right? So 
So it's more they're like, I, I get a lot of people that come up to me and say, um, so you're like with, uh, you do movies for uh, a right. company called Pure Flicks, right? And how did you get involved in Pure Flicks? Like, oh, by the way. And how did you get involved with <laughs> in that, you know? And so it's interesting to me. Um, but I, what I love about it is that you're here. You are a talent. You you seriously, yeah, what you your background is. You should on television when there's a camera on, you know, you should. No, but oh, I appreciate but that. Was that. My, <laughs> it was Billy Holloway was is amazing. <laughs> That's right. And... No, I, there's nothing on there. This is all up here. This is in my heart, that is that, that you are amazing, and you're a talent in what you do. And so I love that PureFlix is, is so much bigger than, than us. It has, it has gone into, the Lord has taken it and brought people like yourselves into it to build it. And it has very little to do with me, other than I get to do shows and, you know. Which and, I'm sure is a blast. It is. Acting sound seems fun. I mean, what was the, you had that fun. in your heart to do it, but like, what was the, was it the draw being fun? Was it just having an impact on other people through the messages of what you're doing? Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, I don't have a set thing. I don't have like one, like, oh, I just want to do, I'm a comedic actor and that's all I do. You know, I, obviously we have the Revelation Road movies. But you've done a you lot, know, you've done a lot of different, different, yeah, the Gods and the Dead movies are a whole different thing, you know, and so, I've always loved performing. I love the storytelling aspect of it. And when, when you're a creator of a show and you get to work on the scripts, you know, from the inception and you get great writers around it, then you can kind of move those stories in different ways. And, and that's what I love about That's what I love about being involved with that. The people I work with and then making people laugh is certainly, I think it's... What you're is a funny it? guy. I mean, you are a funny uh, guy. So, like, nice. naturally funny guy. So, at the end of the day, when all Did is they said tell you done, to say that? They didn't. They didn't, and this isn't even a real pen. It's a remarkable pen. So, I, you know, no, I didn't write anything on my hand. Uh, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, and, and you, your legacy, like, what do you want that to be with Pure Flix, and just what do you want to leave behind in the entertainment industry? It's a very deep question. It is a deep question because I think um, I don't, I don't think about that. I don't think about my legacy, or you know, like if I've received a. Sometimes people give me awards, and and. Uh, and even like lifetime achievement awards, you know? And when you stand up there and you receive that award and you're like, huh, because I kind of just go day to day. I, I, whatever is in front of me for that day and whatever I'm supposed to do, and I, you know, I, my hope is to bend my knee before the Lord and say, Lord, take me, do, what, do with me what you will, and I'll do it. I don't really think about myself, you know, because I know, you know, Life is short. You never know how long. I, we yeah. could both be hit by cars, you know, in the ballet. Uh, God forbid. God today. Forbid. I don't want to get hit and in the then, ballet. Well, but, I don't but either. It, you could, though. But you could. And, Any you, and then you would be, that would be it. And there, there would be your legacy. But yeah. I don't, I really, I think it is what it is. You just keep moving forward with what you believe that the Lord wants you to do for that day. Yeah, it's been an interesting theme in all the interviews that I've done recently is, is hearing people say identity, like your identity being aligned with, with Christ and where it should be and like yeah. when it's not. And I know for me, there's so many times it hasn't been and when somebody doesn't go well, I'm like, oh, I'm a failure or like this is yeah. a failure. And it's like, well, no, that's not how we need to think about things. We need to be praying for his will and kind of being aligned with that, right? Mm -hmm. And we go, as you're saying, day to day where we're supposed to be, so. Or you think about, you know, in the process, you're like, wow, I, I, uh, that didn't go very well. But then in retrospect, you don't see, even if something doesn't go well, I'm, I can look back on different films that I've been in and I go, well, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't impressed too much with the, the lighting was weird or the thing or, you know, we had, there's a, people will say a lot of things or people review a lot of things and, you know, 
it doesn't, it's not about us. That's the yeah, other thing. Exactly, it's like, it's, exactly. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's more those people that, that I get to talk to that come up and they say how much something moved them. Or, you know, God's Not Dead is obviously the big one that, that has affected the most, I think it's, it, it's you know, the widest reach, um, the, those movies. And it wasn't, that's the Holy Spirit working through those. He says, my word will not come back void, right? So that's, it's God doing that, that. You know, that's why I, I kind of, I hope I'm self-deprecating in a way that you don't think too highly of yourselves because you can be up one day and down the next day. And yeah. It doesn't really. And your worth can't be in it. You yeah, remember. your worth can't yeah. be in that. Yeah. Your Once worth it's in that, in, you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah it's but like it, it's, it's easy to slip into that, though, because the world, the world tells you. Right. Be there, be there. Your worth is there, but it's not. Yeah, or you're pretty today, or you're, that's what I love to hear. No, <laughs> no, but I mean, for women, I mean, I think that they yeah, struggle yeah, yeah, with exactly, that. You're, yeah. Are you pretty today? Are you, are you well-dressed today? Or for us, it's are you well-spoken enough? And, exactly. and I'm not like you, Billy. I'm not any of those things. You are all of those things. I don't, pretty and pretty, well-spoken. well-spoken, <laughs> super smart. Well, David White, this has been wonderful. It's been good to catch has up. It? it has been. This has been great. It's I been good. Know, a good conversation. Has. I've asked you about your background again, which I love. I think it's a great story about how God brings us Burt places. Burt Reynolds used to do this thing with the hair, and he'd go, <laughs> and then he would itch his head like that. And that was his impersonation. <laughs> and I did that one time, and I got fired for it. You lost your job over it. It wasn't quite that. So if I do that, I'll lose my job. I don't know about that, because I'm not Burt Reynolds, but... <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll come up with another thing. You should. To fire you. you should. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find something. I'm I sure. don't it's think fine. so. It's fine. And this brings us to the end of our show. That was a great interview with David. Again, be thinking about how God is trying to work in your life. And I just wanted to share some questions. These are questions that I think we should all be asking ourselves. And these are questions I'm asking myself every day. And I'm just going to run through them and be thinking about how these relate to you. Who does God want me to be? What do I need to sacrifice for others to be who I'm meant to be? What do I need to change about myself to be who God wants me to be? And what is culture telling me that might be leading me down the wrong path? These are questions that matter, and I think they're important to ask ourselves, maybe not daily, but regularly, routinely. Where am I falling in relation to God's will? Am I asking? Am I seeking? And I just wanted to leave you with that encouragement. If you want more encouragement, though, be sure daily, and we've got great daily content, to go over to insider.pureflix.com. That is the Pureflix Insider blog, and you can read a ton of great content. You can listen to podcast interviews. You can watch our talk show. There's so much going on over on insider.pureflix.com. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of the Pureflix podcast, and be sure to also head over to pureflix.com for thousands of titles, faith and family-friendly movies, films, documentaries, shows, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. That's all for today's podcast. You can follow Pureflix on Facebook at facebook.com slash pureflix and on Twitter at pureflix. And be sure to log on today to pureflix.com for your free month of access to thousands of faith and family-friendly movies and TV shows. Thanks for listening to the Pure Flix Podcast.